This is the life. Hazel, well done on choosing the most relaxing way to get to studio for the last episode of the season. Thank you, but I'm not sure it's going to be that relaxing. What are you talking about? We're sitting here watching the rolling countryside outside our train window. It's glorious. Yeah, but do you realise this is the ghost train express? Sorry, what? Mm-hmm. Welcome to KidCast and welcome to episode 8. And yes, you heard correctly before, this is the last episode of season 1. And it's going to be a jam-packed episode. So first things first, let me introduce you to the hilarious... Hazel Johnson. (laughs) Hazel, I say hilarious because clearly I missed that minor detail about our train ride. Now tell me honestly, do you believe in ghosts? Um, not really. So nothing would spook you? Well, yeah. Really? I would believe in them. What about you? Uh, it's a no from me because thankfully I've never had any experiences that would convince me otherwise and I hope it stays that way. So after that train journey, how long has it been since you were on a train? Um, It's been about two to three years. Yeah, me too. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. And what was the last train ride you were on? I was on Holland going to Amsterdam and I was on a double-decker train. Oh, wow. So were you upstairs or downstairs? I was upstairs and we had to be quiet because we were eating donuts. I don't think you were allowed, like, not have headphones. If you were watching, like, videos, you'd have to have, like, earphones or headphones. So it was like a silent carriage yeah, where everyone had to really say... Yeah, it was really silent. And were you allowed to eat? Like, did someone give yeah, out to Yeah, you were allowed to Oh, you were allowed to eat. Oh, well, that's good. Was that your favourite train ride you've ever been on? Probably not. Because I have another one when I was going to get my dress for my auntie's wedding. I was a flower girl. Right. So now I'm understanding why that was a special train journey. Yeah. And did you come home with the dress? Yeah. You said yes to the dress? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well done. Well done. Is there any particular train ride that you would like to take? Well, I don't know if it's running anymore, but I would have loved to go on on the Orient Express. Oh, wow. That was a very cool train. Yeah, it was Europe's first express train to travel across Europe in 1883. At the time, it was a really luxurious train holiday for the rich and famous. I think it originally travelled between Paris and France and Istanbul and Turkey. But you know what? What? It became a famous setting for fictional spies like James Bond. I think I'd prefer to be part of a train spy story than a ghost one, wouldn't you? Yeah, me too. Are there any trains you'd like to go on? Well, I would love to take a trip on a steam train. So the Railway Preservation Society of Ireland, they run these excursions on their steam trains. I think they've restored 11 steam trains and even inside they've restored the original interiors. So it's really like going on a journey back in time. Speaking of time, time's a ticking and we have a busy show. Yes, you're right. Now, tell us what we have to look forward to today. Well, we're going to fly to sunny Spain and say hola to Clara and Isabel. Cormac is pretty sure he's going to beat us with his mystery sounds. We're going to visit a very special garden and this is a show for all animal lovers. I'm interviewing Pete the Vet. But before all of that, would you like to hear my riddle? I certainly would. Okay, what question can you never answer yes to? Um, question can you never like answer? Like it's not possible. It's not possible. I don't know. 
But maybe if someone at home knows the answer, they will find out if they're right at the end of the show. And I'm just going to have a little think about that one and I'll come back to you at the end of the show myself. But now it's time to head over to Robert and Emily in the newsroom. KitKat News. Hi, I'm Robert. And I'm Emily. Reporting for KitKat News. In this week's headlines, dog rescued from rising tides, 100 dinosaur eggs recently discovered in Argentina, rare elephant twins born in Kenya, and Barcelona children take the Vicky bus to school. An English Jack Russell called Millie went missing after coming off her lead and became stranded on mudflats near Portsmouth. A rescue team searched for four days until one rescuer had the idea of attaching a sausage to a drone to lure her to safety. Otherwise, she was at risk of drowning. Thankfully, Millie was reunited with her owner. More than 100 dinosaur eggs were recently discovered in Argentina, along with dinosaur bones as well. They belong to a species called the Mosasaurus patagonicus. They walked the Earth nearly 200 million years ago. Two-legged herbivores had a long neck and weighed over one and a half tons. The specimens found showed that these dinosaurs were very social and moved around together in herds. I don't know what else to tell you about that. Last week, twin elephants were born in a reserve in Kenya. Only 1% of elephant births results in twins, with the last set born 15 years ago not surviving long. Mothers often don't have enough milk to feed two calves. Elephants carry their young for nearly 22 months and give birth around every four years, which makes them an endangered species. Children in Barcelona, Spain, can now take the Picky Bus to school. The Picky Bus is a bike bus where children and their families cycle to school in a large group. They plan the route so that more children and families can join along the way. This is a fun and healthy way to get to school. I really like the sound of that. I'm Emily. And I'm Robert. And that's, that's your Pass News. Thank you, Robert and Emily. And what a fun way to get to school in Spain. Would you be able to cycle to school like that, Hazel? Yes, but I take the bus. It's just, it's easier because my mommy minds children. And then, yeah, she knows that Hazel's on the bus, so Hazel will be at school at a certain time. Yeah. Is it, would it be a dangerous road for you to cycle on? Like, do you live in the countryside? Yeah, we live kind of in the countryside, but it's still busy because we have a main road outside our lane. Yeah, because cycling is fantastic, but obviously you have to make sure that you do it safely. You know, I think I sometimes just forget about our bikes because we would walk to school maybe three times a week, but I never even thought about cycling. So maybe we'll take some inspiration from those students in Barcelona and get the bikes out. It sounds like a lot of fun. You might get some more Spanish inspiration from Clara and Isabel now too. And I'm Isabel. Our mom is from Newridge, County Kildare. But we live in Madrid. Spain is the second largest country in Europe, after France, and has a population of 46.6 million. The Spanish name for Spain is España. Spanish is the world's second most spoken language. Hi, Clara and Isabel. Thanks for joining me on KidCast. Were you born in Spain or did you move there when you were younger? We were born in Spain, but we go to Ireland to visit our granny and granddad like every year several times. Right. I have to ask, 
Do you guys cycle to school? No, we don't cycle to school because our school is in a city about 20 minutes away from our town. And we go in car. Ah, yeah, that's more practical. I go by bus. How long is your school day? We start school at around nine and we finish school at half two. We finish at 20 to three. Do you wear a uniform? Only on days that we have PE class. It's like a tracksuit with the colours of our school. What do you guys like to wear to school? We like to wear jeans and a t-shirt and a coat. (laughs) Yeah, to keep you warm. Speaking of keeping warm, what kind of weather do you get in Madrid? It's sunny in August in my birthday and the air is very hot. And when it's winter, we like have to wear jackets because it's cold. It hardly doesn't rain. Wow! Ireland is probably one of the wettest countries in Europe. Does it ever snow? It snowed once. Once? Last year was like the first time it snowed in about 10 years. We called it La Felomina. It means storm, really. Right, so it must have been a big deal. Can you tell me what money you use? We use euros and we used to use pesetas. What is a typical Spanish breakfast, lunch and dinner? For breakfast, we usually have milk and this chocolate powder called colacao and biscuits. For lunch, we have tortilla de patata, which means Spanish omelette. It's made out of potatoes and eggs and sometimes onion. And for dinner, we usually have Spanish ham, cheese, tomato and bread. Sounds yum. Oh, do you like paella? Yeah, our Spanish granny makes paella almost every week. It's delicious, yeah. I'd love to try it sometime. What sports do you play in Spain? We play football, but I go to Taekwondo two days a week. What are popular Spanish bands? I don't really listen to Spanish music that much, but young Spanish people like listening to uh, reggaeton and other people like listening to flamenco. Flamenco is more traditional than reggaeton. I've heard of flamenco, like flamenco dancing, but what's reggaeton like? Reggaeton is very loud music. My brother loves it and he plays it on his big CD player. What is your favourite TV show? I don't watch a lot of TV because I prefer games, like Roblox. I play Roblox too. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, you can play all different types of games on it. I love Adopt Me. I play Adopt Me too. Can you tell me about some of your Spanish festivals? La Tomatina is a festival in Valencia in August, which is a day that everyone throws tomatoes at each other for a couple of hours. (laughs) I'd love to go there. I'd love to go there too and throw a few tomatoes. If I was to visit Madrid for the day, what top three things would you recommend I do? Well, we live in a little village uh, outside of Madrid and there's a park called Campo Football where you play football and there's a lot of slides and swings and you can swim too. There's also a city next to our town called Alcaladenares where you can visit the Spanish most famous writer's house. It is called Cervantes. You can also see um, the storks. They make their nests at the top of churches that you can also visit. And it's fun hearing the clacking of their beaks. The clacking of their beaks? They make a very funny noise. Is there anything you notice that Spanish people do differently than the Irish? Spanish people talk very loud. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's so funny. I didn't notice that before.
Thanks, Clara and Isabel, for joining me on KidCast today. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. Bye. 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 Woo! A nice bit of flamenco there. And two lovely sisters. Of course, I'm not jealous at all that they get to live in sunny Spain. What about you, Hazel? It's still nice in Ireland. It is nice in Ireland. nice to see the green. It is nice to see the green. And I suppose when we do get our little bit of sun, it makes us so much more appreciative of the warmth and the long, long sunny days, doesn't it? Have you ever been on holidays to Spain? Yeah, I actually have. And my favourite part probably was the pool. So my mum, she was scared to go on the diving board. And this little girl, Mm -hmm. and she said, your mum's a scaredy cat. (gasps) And And did your mum do it then just to prove her wrong? No. Oh, (laughs) maybe next time. And it was the small one. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, well, we're we're rooting for you, Hazel's mum. We know you can do it the next time you get to Spain. What about you? Have you ever been to Spain? I have, actually. I've been a few times. I love going to the Canary Islands, you know, Lanzarote and Fort Petorid, you know, those islands. Because it's always warm there, no matter what time of the year. Isn't the Canary Islands where that volcano erupted last year? Yes, you're right. That was on the island of La Palma in the Canaries. I remember seeing pictures like that on the news and it looked very scary. It did look very scary. It actually looked like something out of a movie, didn't it? I'm glad that we have no volcanoes in Ireland. Do you know what volcanoes are exactly? Well, funnily enough, we've just been learning this in school. Oh, really? What a coincidence. So a volcano is like a hill or a mountain and there's a hole at the top and it reaches all the way down under the surface of the earth where it's so hot that the rocks have melted and are like liquid and that's called magma. And so when the volcano erupts, the gases and magma are pushed up through the opening. And what flows down the volcano is called lava. And of course then you've got all those rocks and ash being spewed out of the volcano too. But luckily the people who live on La Palma got the best Christmas present of all recently when that volcano was officially declared to have stopped on Christmas Day. That's good. That'll definitely be a nice present. I hope Cormac doesn't have such dramatic mystery sounds for us next. Me too. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Mystery Sounds Hi, I'm Cormac with today's Mystery Sounds. Are you ready for my first sound? Right, Hazel, are you ready for Cormac's first sound? Yes. Okay, we we think we're ready for your first sound. Off you go. Is it water? Just like the tap running. Just leave it. Running. The tap running? It's not. It's not a tap. Is it the sprinklers? The sprinklers or the hose? No. No, okay, right. We don't want to waste all our guesses here. So I think we'll listen to it one more time. It's in the house. Oh. Thank you for that clue. Very kind of you. We're going to listen to it one more time if that's okay. Okay, here we go. The bath. It's the wrong room. The wrong room. Okay, so let's get rid of bathrooms. Another room that would have water running. Kitchen. It's not a tap. So something else with water in the kitchen. Um, if, If you have a fridge, if you press it, it will shoot out water, you know. Oh, like one of those fancy fridges with ice and water. Ooh, this could be it. Right, final guess. We don't have a fancy fridge. 
Um, oh, we, I don't have a fancy fridge either, actually. <laughs> we used to have one, but we didn't like it, so we didn't use it. Uh, right, I think we're out of guesses. I mean, we have yeah. really given a lot of guesses here and we're beat, I think, Cormac. What's the answer? Dishwasher. The dishwasher? Okay, I'm going to listen to that again. Because that definitely sounds like a tap. Are you sure yeah. now you're not having us on here? Let's listen. That actually does sound like a dishwasher. Yeah, it kind of does. That is a dishwasher. <laughs> I shouldn't have questioned you, Cormac. Okay, right. So it is 1-0 to Cormac, but we have a chance to redeem ourselves. Okay. Are you ready for my second mystery scent? Yes. The oven. Nope. Oh. So did you hear that tick, tick? Yeah, I was thinking... You're in the right room, though. Ooh. Oh, we're in the kitchen. right room. It's, so it's in the kitchen. That's interesting because I was actually going to say the indicator on a car. So thank you for the clue there. So we're back in the kitchen. The microwave. Or is it the toaster? Well, we can't guess all the appliances in the kitchen because <laughs> Cormac probably won't let us. Um, we'll run out of guesses. Okay, so do, do you think it's more like a microwave or a toaster? A toaster. No. Okay, it's not a toaster. We have one more guess left, and I think we should listen to it one more time. Yeah. Any other clues before we play this? Um, you can cook things in it. So something that you cook in. Think of things that you cook in. Does a grill make a whirring noise? Not really. Uh, what about one of those, um, like, fryers? Does that yeah. sound like a deep fat fryer? No. No. Okay, well, let's go with air fryer then. Is this an air fryer? Yes. Yay! That was complete fluke. A complete process of elimination. So I'm not not even sure if that's an honest win there, but we're going to take it. Are you going to allow us to have that point? Yep. One off. It's one all. Thank you, thank you. Oh, you're very, very kind. And you really put us through our paces there, Cormac. So well done. Well done on those sounds. And thank you for sending them in. Thanks for a great game of mystery sounds. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. When did gardening begin? Many historians believe that Western gardening originated in ancient Egypt about 4,000 years ago. The style changed in different places and climates, but the idea of grouping plants, usually in walled enclosures, remained. Hi, my name is Ruby and I am nine years old. I live in a beautiful garden called June Blake's Garden. June is my nana and she owns the garden and she is so nice. I love her so much and she's my love of my life. I would never want to move away from this garden because it is so pretty, it is my life, it is my love. I'd like to marry it. Today I'd like to tell you about snowdrops and hemibores. The first snowdrop I'm going to tell you about is a very funny one and it's called Grumpy. Grumpy is the one with a frowny face. It has two green dots and a frowny face. It has three petals and it is very grumpy. My favourite snowdrop would have been a very hard name to pronounce. It's a double-sided one, kind of. It's called Flora Plino. I love Flora Plino because it is double, has loads on it, loads of different petals. So I'm going to talk about hellebores now. There's three different types of hellebores. One is purple 
like a dark, strong purple, a creamy white, and a multicolored one. The multicolored one is purple and white together. It is so pretty. It would be one of my favorite ones. <laughs> I love the garden so much because there's loads of different types of flowers, there's tulips, dahlias and I'm really good at remembering them. I think one of my favourite ones that smell very good is called the Jacqueline Postel. <laughs> I love it. Come to Jim Blake's garden, it is in Tenode. I'd like you to come to the garden when thousands and thousands of tulips come in springtime because you'll see so many bright and colourful flowers. Goodbye! Fabulous, Ruby. June Blake's garden certainly sounds like a very special place and I will definitely be paying a visit this spring. Now, Ruby actually sent in some photos of those snowdrops and teleboards that she was talking about. So keep an eye out for those on the KitCast Podcast Facebook page and on KitCast Pod on Instagram. Hazel, what is your favourite flower? I think it's a rose. What colour would be your favourite? Red, the original. The classic. It smells really nice and it looks really pretty too. It does. And as well, it's romantic. It is romantic. Now that you mention it, I'm wondering, is that why I think the rose is my favourite flower? When I really want to treat myself, I get these red and white speckled roses from Aldi. But having said that... My most favourite growing thing is the cherry blossom tree. Do you know the cherry blossom? Oh, yes. I have two in our garden. Oh, do you? Yeah. Well, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. We have one in our garden and for most of the year it is completely bare and then suddenly... In spring, it comes alive with beautiful pink petals. Yes, is yours the it same? Does. Yes, and it all flows off the tree nicely in the breeze. Yeah, and it looks so beautiful. Have you clocked how long those petals actually stay on the tree? No, not really. Well, you mightn't believe this, but those petals only stay on that tree for about two weeks. But it also looks really nice because it kind of covers your ground. It does. It's like a pink carpet in your garden, yeah. isn't it? For me. The cherry blossom, it's like a sign of spring and a sign of growth. And it also reminds me to enjoy the happy and beautiful moments in our life because it's so short, isn't it? Yes. I kind of feel like animals help remind us to do that too. Yeah? In what way? Well, animals are the happiest when they get the basic food. Water, warmth and love. They don't worry about having the latest toys or the biggest houses or cars. That would be very funny though. Like a lion driving a car. (laughs) But on a serious note, that is so true. Being around animals can really teach us a lot. And they're very calming to be around too, aren't they? Yeah, I remember on episode two, one of the did you know facts said, petting dogs releases a hormone called oxytocin. Do you know what that is? Well, I have a feeling that you're about to tell me. Yes, it's a happy feeling in our bodies, which helps to lower stress and worry. So you're saying that animals are scientifically proven to make us happier? Yeah, and there's some more sciencey bits about animals coming up on this week's Did You Know? What's a cat's favourite mountain? I don't know. What's a cat's favourite mountain? A mountain. <laughs> Did you know kangaroos cannot walk backwards? Did you know sea lions have rhythm? They are the only animal that can clap to a beat. Did you know hippopotamus milk is pink? Did you know goats have rectangular pupils in their eyes? 
Did you know baby koalas are fed poo by their parents after they are born, which helps them digest eucalyptus leaves later in life? Did you know if a donkey and a zebra have a baby, it's called a donkey? Did you know cows can walk upstairs but not down them? Did you know the polar bear's coat has no white pigment? In fact, a polar bear's skin is black and its hairs are clear and hollow. Thanks so much to Ferdia and Railteen for sending in that hilarious cat joke and to the students at Brian Carr's School of Performing Arts in Kerry who took time out from rehearsing their show Matilda to bring us this week's Did You Know? And you did such a great job. Thank you, guys. I'm absolutely fascinated by that zonky, Hazel. Have you ever seen one? No, well, I have seen a picture of one. Oh, right. But I don't really think there's that many of them. Because they can't reproduce. So two zonkeys can't make a baby zonkey, is that what you mean? Yes. Well, it's very rare. Someone who might have seen a real-life zonkey is our next guest, Pete the Vet. Hi, Pete. Thanks so much for joining me on KidCast. Firstly, have you ever seen a real-life zonkey? I have never even heard of a zonkey. Never mind seen one. So a zonkey is a zebra and a donkey mixed together. They can't reproduce. Wow, that's really interesting. But that's the same as if a donkey breeds with a horse, then the result of that is a mule. And mules are infertile as well. They can't breed. So it's the same sort of thing. Oh, that's so interesting. What is your first memory involving an animal? I was given my first kitten for my sixth birthday present, a little ginger kitten, and she was so pretty. And I called her Honey. She was the same sort of colour as Honey. And what happened with Honey was when she was about six months old, we took her to the vet to have the operation to have her spayed so she couldn't have kittens. And the vet said to us, you shouldn't be calling her Honey. And I said, why not? And he said, because she's a he. No way. He was a lovely cat. So I had him for when I was six years old and he lived for 16 years. That's so nice. Did you always want to be a vet? I did, Hazel. Well, when I was four years old, I wanted to own a pet shop. And then I decided, well, it wouldn't be so much fun because you, you get pets, but then you'd have, just have to sell them. So I decided then that I wanted to be a vet and to help animals by looking after them. So I was five years old when I decided that. Wow. What is the most difficult part of your job? Well, do you know what, Hazel, it's euthanizing pets. It's when pets get to the end of their life. It's very rare for pets to die by themselves. And nearly always they have to be given an injection by the vet. It's just, it's always very, very sad. You only do it when it's the right thing. So maybe an animal's dying of cancer or maybe they're just very, very, very old. And so it is time for them to go, but it's still very, very difficult. Yeah, that must be so hard. Do you ever get bitten? You get bitten at first. When you qualify as a vet in the beginning, you get bitten. But after a while, you learn... That animals, they kind of tell you they're going to bite you. So a dog will go. When a dog does that, then you move back, you know, and you go and get a muzzle to put around their mouth so they can't bite you. Once you've been qualified as a vet for a little while, you you spot it and you stop it from happening. Yeah, that makes sense. What do you enjoy most about your job? What I enjoy most is the contact with animals because I really like animals. And in my job, I get to play with animals as much as I want all the time. (laughs) What's your favourite animal? 
I, I really don't know. I'm, I'm kind of torn between dogs and cats because I love both dogs and cats. And for me, it's not so much about the type of animal as it is about the individual animal. Have you heard of a thing called a heart dog? No. What a heart dog is, is a dog that is very, very close to somebody's heart, which just connects with them completely, like a soulmate. And that those animals are, they're really intelligent, they're really friendly, they're really sensitive. They just are like almost an extension of the person. Um, and I don't see that many. I might see maybe a couple of those dogs a week. So I love those dogs. That's really nice. What is the most common breed of dog you come across? Probably the Labrador. What is the most exotic animal you have ever helped? A snapping turtle. This turtle, he was called Mr. Swampy. (gasps) And his owner brought a dog in, first of all. And then he said, I've got Mr. Swampy with me as well. Well, I go and get him. And I said, sure, bring him in. And then he didn't come in and he didn't come in. I thought to myself, where is he gone? So I went out to the car park to see where he was because I thought Mr. Swampy was a dog. And there he was outside, the Mr. Swampy. He was huge. He was massive. He's called a snapping turtle because he's got a head at the end of a neck and it goes into his shell. And then if you go near him, the head comes out and snaps. Wow. So it's very dangerous. I've heard of those turtles. How can animal owners be more environmentally friendly? I think the first thing is that when you're buying anything for your pet, you should make sure that it's an environmentally friendly product. I think you need to pick up your dog poo because that contaminates the environment. And in the future, it's going to get easier and easier to feed your pet on vegetarian food, which is more environmentally friendly than meat. Oh, the latest thing I've heard of is there's a type of dog food that's made from insects. Insect makes very good quality protein and it's been produced by an Irish vet. And it looks the same and dogs like the taste of it. Oh, that's a good idea. They're really good tips. Okay, Pete, so we're nearly at the end of our interview. But before you go, you know what's coming. Have you any good vet jokes? Um, Let me think about this. What's the most difficult thing about reading a veterinary book? Uh, I don't know. Putting it down. Oh. (laughs) It's a terrible joke, isn't it? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Do you want to hear my one? Yes, please. Go on, then. Did you know that vets don't like to buy stuff on Amazon? No. They prefer choosing from a catalogue. <laughs> thank you very much, Hazel. Thanks again, Pete, for joining me on KidCast. Well, thank you, Hazel, for asking me along. It was great fun. Bye. Bye-bye now. Fantastic. That was a really interesting interview. And thanks again to Pete for telling us all about his job as a vet. What do you think, Hazel? Is veterinary life for you? I love animals, but I don't really think that I would want to get hurt at the start of being a vet because that would probably make me drop out from from being a vet. If you were bitten. So even though Pete said that it doesn't happen that often, he wouldn't like that at all. I don't think I'd like that as well. A job hazard. I think vets have a very special way with animals. It's a real special skill to be able to keep them calm and to read them and to know when they might start to bite you. So what would you like to do when you grow up? I'd like to be 
an actor, a dancer or a singer. So you are headed for the stage. Yes. Amazing. You know, I think the best jobs are the ones that people do that they actually love. Like if if you can make a job out of something yeah. that you're really passionate about and that you really get a kick out of, you're yeah. going to be very very happy. I think you're well on your way. And actually, Hazel recorded a little song for us here at Kidcast, so we're going to pop that up on Kidcast podcast on Facebook and on Kidcast Pod on Instagram too. Right, Hazel. At the start of the show, you gave us a riddle. So remind everybody what it was. What question can you never ever say yes to? Well, for me personally, the question would be, do you eat fish? But of course, everyone's not a fussy eater like me. So I actually have no clue. What is the answer? Are you asleep yet? Oh, yeah. Because obviously if you're asleep, you can't say yes. Because then you're not really asleep. Yeah. That is very clever. Very clever. And if you at home have any riddles or facts or jokes or news or anything you'd like to share, we are now on the hunt for our season two cast. So please get in touch at info at kidcast.ie. We would love to hear from you, just like we loved hearing from this week's five high fives. High five from Jack and Grace in Barna County, Galway. High five from Juliet in Leakslet. High five from Reese in Rathfarnham, Dublin. High five from Chloe in Nace, County Kildare. High five, five from Emily, Julia and Jacob. And Betty and Martin Theatre School in Dublin. And high five to all of you at home. Big thanks this week to Robert and Emily in the newsroom, Clara and Isabel in Spain, Mystery Sounds by Cormac, Austin, Sophia and Ruby at June Blake's Garden. Ferdia and Railteen and the students at Brian Carr's School of Performing Arts in Kerry, Pete the Vet and the absolutely fabulous Hazel Johnson. And that, everybody, is the last episode of season one. And what a first season it was. We are just so proud of everyone who was involved. I think it was over 176 children at my last count. So thank you all so, so much. And this week, we also have a very special thank you to you, our listeners, who have tuned in and kept in touch with us along our adventurous KitCast journey so far. And please do keep in touch, especially if you would like to be part of season two. It's KitCast Podcast on Facebook, it's KitCast Pod on Instagram, and you can email info at kitcast.ie. So it is not goodbye, it is see you soon from Kira O'Donoghue and KitCast. KitCast.